This is where it all began. This story of Candyman. Local character, he walk around handing out candy to the neighborhood kids. One day, a couple of kids get razor blades in their candy. Police come around. That's when I saw the true face of fear. Get on your knees. Hands, hands, hands. They beat him, tortured him, killed him right there on the spot. A couple weeks later, more razor blades and more candy. He been innocent. So he's real? Candyman ain't a he. Candyman's the whole damn hive. If you're out here looking for Candyman, you ask me, stay away. I feel really connected to this story. Go on. Right here, in this neighborhood, the legend started. Uh-huh. And the legend is, if we say his name five times while looking in the mirror, we could summon him. Summon the Candyman. Hell no. Candyman. Anthony, no. Candyman. Stop. I don't want to get creeped out in my new apartment before bed. Candyman. Black people don't need to be summoning. Don't. I dare you. Don't say that. Say his name. Candyman. You better not do that last one. Candyman. Candyman. You want to be a part of the story, right? No. Say his name. Candyman. Anthony? Anthony. Anthony. You okay? Anthony. Oh. The hell is going on? This neighborhood is haunted. I think I made a mistake. I brought him back. Candyman isn't real. He chose me. He has purpose for you. Tell everyone. <laughs> New to the neighborhood. <laughs> you should say it. Candyman. Say his name. Candyman! Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Dure. And Derek Wong. Guys, can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Have you guys heard about this new urban myth? No, what is it? The one where you stand in front of a mirror and say five times that Jordan Peele directed... Candyman, and then, Neil, <laughs> and then Neil DeCosta comes out of nowhere and beats the shit out of me because you say that. If any hint, uh, what we're talking about today. <laughs> so many people making that mistake. Yeah. But yeah, Nia DeCosta's second film, Candyman, a direct sequel to the 1992 film by Bernard Rose. I think people think it's like a reboot or a remake. It's pretty much a direct sequel, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I kind of wish I knew that before going into this movie. I wish that was oh, really? marketed okay. that way. Full disclosure, I've never seen Candyman, the original one. And Jeff gave us the advice, Lo, you guys should watch it before. And I'm like, you know what? I'll do the opposite and I'll watch it afterwards. Because <laughs> I thought, you know, maybe I'll... Must t- be such a weird experience. That's, yeah. Wow. It was a little bit because I didn't think it was a sequel. So I was like, oh, maybe it just has like hints to it, but I don't need to watch it. You kind of need to watch it. Uh, you kind of do. Movie. Um, also, if you watch the original Candyman first, and then you go directly into this one, it totally spoils the ending, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, who Yaya Abdul-Mateen in the second's playing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely saw the original, like, yesterday, and I saw 
the 2021 uh, sequel today. That was definitely spoiled. The opposite was true for me. Like I had no idea that was going to be the twist, right? That he's like right, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was the child from the original movie. Like I, I had no idea, right? So I guess in, in that regard, it worked towards my favor. Yeah, right. Watching this movie. All right, should we go around the room? Just gauge everyone's reaction. Uh, mini review, spoiler free for now. What did everyone think? I liked the 1992 version better than this one. I would agree. I, I liked it way more. <laughs> I didn't hate this one, but I could see why people would call the 92 one a classic and recommend it. This one is just kind of like, meh, it's a movie. It was a movie. I wouldn't say I hated this one either. I don't, I don't hate is a very strong word. No, uh, it, it was a movie that I saw in the theaters and. Like, <laughs> And it wasn't, like, super unpleasant. You know, there are, like, bright spots in it. It's not, like, completely mediocre. It's just, it makes some choices that, I, that I'm not in love with, um, which I think drag it down. Yeah, I I think Nia DaCosta's direction is not really at fault. I think she does a lot of cool things. She does. Really cool horror elements here. The movie itself is not very scary. I, I tend to not try to knock horror movies for not being scary but this wasn't really scary i didn't really jump in my seat or anything but nia DaCosta is a very talented director i'm i'm still excited to see what she does with the marvels mm -hmm. but i think the script has a lot of problems i mean let, let's just put it that way so did you see her first yeah. movie i did not i haven't seen little woods so i i can't speak to that but a lot of people love that movie i think it's a very well regarded movie so um, I'm, I'm excited to, to check that out. That might be the next thing I watch, actually. What, what about you, Derek? What did you think? Yeah, I, I generally agree with you guys. I think that the script definitely has issues. The 2021 version, I think it kind of beats you over the head sometimes with the, the themes that it's trying to relay in this movie. I think the middle of this movie, like, actually, the middle and the end, I think, is, is a yeah. slog that doesn't really work for me. Um, but I agree. I think her direction is really nice. I I guess I should probably say that you guys seem to like the 92 version more than I do, too. I watched it today, and I thought it was just okay. I don't know much of the discussion around it. Like, is it regarded as a like a, a classic? Is it is it something that people really love? For me, it was just okay. I do think it's better than this 2021 version, but not necessarily like, uh, one of my favorite horror movies of all time kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where it is in that pantheon, but I do appreciate that this 2021 version, I feel, is more of a horror movie than that first one was. I don't know if you guys agree with that oh, statement. Really? By far the opposite. Really? Yeah. 100% yeah, the other way on that one. I was expecting more gore or expecting more of the use of the Candyman in the first one, like the the idea of Candyman being this person that, like, you say his name five times and he comes and like kills you, I feel like that idea is used more in this newer version than the older version. Yeah, and I don't think it's used as well. I don't know. I think the original 1992 version is very well regarded. It is known as a classic, and I think Tony Todd's performance is a big part of that. I mean, there's body horror in this one, too, which I think is one of the strongest suits of this yeah, movie. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I do think the stuff with the bees and, like, the open chest cavity, 
Yeah, so much better That's than the 92 so version. So much better than the 92 version. Dude, that that um, bee kiss? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. Um, the 92 version is just better because I think the 2021 version, it just sucks all of, like, the mystique, the power, the ambiguity. Like, even, like, the seductiveness and, like, how yeah, low-key erotic the first one is. It's, like, completely gone from the second one, right? Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I don't think it escapes Jordan Peele and Nia DaCosta, like, the themes of the first one. But I think they chose to disregard the themes of the yeah, first absolutely. one. Because, yeah, like, they decided they were like, doing something different. They're just like, fuck it, whatever, fucking A-cab Candyman, you know? Yeah. That's not what the original movie was about. No, not at all. At all, right? Because and, 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 and it's weird seeing them back to back and like... It's so weird. It's, it's so it's, weird. It's, it seems like a retcon. It's dislocating. Yeah, absolutely. And like the thing is like, I think the the original one, there was so much ambiguity because Daniel Robitaille, he's killing black people in the first one. Yeah, I think, so that's the thing I noticed about this one is... Candyman doesn't kill any black people in this one. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about, like, people not wanting to see black suffering on screen anymore. And I think that's, like, a fair assessment of things. But a lot of the power of the original one is, like, he kills indiscriminately, right? Because, like, it's about the binding power of mythology and, like, how it binds the community to, like, not forget or forgive the the racial traumas of the past through this dangerous... Candyman mythology, but here they just turn him into like an avenging angel. Yeah, type he's a golem, character. right? And that's fucking lame. I think it's it really strips the original of its like mystique. Yeah, it just it, it sucks. And they're explicitly trying to do it in the movie, right? Like, there's a character. Oh, the movie's like way too cute about being meta, right? Because like the Candyman cultist who turns. Uh, Anthony into Candyman in this 2021 version, like explicitly, his whole mission is to try and turn Candyman from what he was in the first movie into this goal. Into right, like, right, and, right. And, I, and I guess he succeeds, but it fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like, love Coleman Domingo. I think he's a great actor, but this kind of came from nowhere because, like, yeah, he was kind of like a helpful presence throughout the movie, and then all of a sudden he's like unhinged and he's trying to create like a new Candyman myth. It doesn't really work. It, it could have been a cool twist, but it just doesn't. There's a lot of things about it that I was like, oh, it just almost works. And it just it just didn't. And another thing is, like, I'm all for shorter movies. I love, like, 90-minute movies. But this is one that could have benefited from, like, another half hour. Ooh, this was, like, interesting. so undercooked at 90 minutes. Ooh. That whole ending was so rushed. I don't know if I wanted to see another half hour of this. <laughs> to see another person lecture me about gentrification, like... Yeah, dude. The, the fact that you're lampshading it doesn't mean you're still not doing it, right? Like, right, right, exactly, exactly. They're just like, ooh, it's about vacation. It's such a simplistic point or whatever. It's like, yeah, but you're still doing it. Yeah. I don't agree with the wanting 30 minutes more just because I got through 90 minutes of this and I was actually like, pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty bored. And like even I knew going in it was 90 minutes and I felt it was a slog. So it's like, I don't think I need any more. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I don't know. I mean, I agree with your assessment, but it's one of the things I kind of enjoyed about this iteration of Candyman. This iteration, because I mean, it tries its best to speak to kind of a more social aspect to this. And like, I do like the fact that it's told through the lens of 
like two black characters versus like it's kind of weird watching the 92 version which is told through the lens of like a a white sophisticated like professor type that's see i liked that that draws the like racial and class lines more distinctly right whereas like this movie yeah. like allows the protagonists to i don't know the protagonists are like rich black people like cannibalizing the myths of poor black people i mean i guess anthony's literally from Cabrini, so i guess maybe it's autobiographical for him uh and i guess we don't really know brianna's history like how they grew up it seems like her dad was a successful artist so maybe they grew up rich i don't really know but i don't know like by making the protagonist white in the first one it's a lot it's almost clearer than this one is even though this one's so as the movie itself said like it's full of didactic cliches (laughs) (laughs) which again very on the nose like all right i get it you're like saying that you're doing the thing but you're still doing the thing fuck yeah (laughs) There's that art critic character who's like, oh, your work is so didactic. That's what this movie is, right? Yeah, and I feel like they're acknowledging it by having her in the movie and say that, but you're still doing it. You could just not do that, right? You could just be smarter, but have a more subtle point, right? Like, I don't know. It's It's very literal, right? I'm a little torn because I do think, like, it's good to have this movie centered around black people. But the strength of the original movie is, like, you know, like, gentrification and, like, like the Cabrini-Green stuff in the original is white people encroaching on black spaces. And that's literally what that movie is. It's this white right. woman, Helen Lyle, who's, like, encroaching upon the local myth that, that she has no real part of, right? And then, I mean, I don't know how you could do that in the new one, because, you know, Cabrini-Green's not there anymore, and you do want to focus on, like, this new black cast but there's some power to that that i think is just missing so the problem with the movie sorry to cut you off i didn't mean to do it. i'm just like no, 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 thought is that yeah. the problem is that because they made this black cast the protagonists they like also had to make them the hero like it's too in love with its protagonists mm. and so it doesn't play like a horror movie right 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 like compare this to the 1992 version where everyone gets fucking reamed <laughs> Like, everyone ends up murdered in the 1992 version. In this version, like, everybody's, I don't know, like, Lottie Dottie skipping through the flowers. Like, yeah, like, a bunch of cops die and, like, some random innocent high school girls. But, like, the characters, the main characters themselves are untouched. And I guess it's, like, I don't know, maybe it's, like, revolutionary to be, like, oh, it's a horror movie where, like, not only does the black guy not die first, no black people die. Like, fuck you. Like, kind of a little reversal there. Yeah. But... It makes it feel like it's a movie that's pulling its punches. Like it's a horror movie. People are supposed to get dying and fucked up. Yeah. Like, right? Like, and, and, and that doesn't seem to happen here. So it feels like a bit of a genre misstep. I read it more of like two main black hairs representing this taking of power back in a sense. The original 92 version really, you know, focuses on this white woman that uh, her friend, you know, makes a joke about like, oh, how much did you pay for this apartment? This idea that. She is part of that problem, but I think there's this lesson to be learned in history where, like, I mean, not to get into politics too much here, I mean, it is coming into light a lot more now. John Oliver did, like, a segment on, like, a month ago about racial deeds and redlining and the idea that African Americans were very much economically stilted because of the fact that where they grew up, right, not allowing to be able to grow up in the prosperous neighborhoods, but, like, to see that these two black characters are able to afford this like lavish apartment it like brings more power i think to these characters and the idea that 
at the end, you know, Anthony does become, I mean, spoilers, become Candyman. I don't know. I sense that power in that character, in that in that image, versus it's really hard for me to kind of reconcile what, I feel like the 92, she's the one who becomes the Candyman character, and like, juxtaposed to each other, it was a little weird for me to see that. It's definitely weird. In the first movie, he's like half cursed, half like vengeful ghost, half mm-hmm. like god that's being worshipped. The first movie's really weird. It has like a lot of like weird mythology stuff that's like kind of in there. Um, it's a bizarre movie, right? And it's just, it's a lot more subtle than this than this latest one. Like, No, yeah, this one it, does it, beat you over the head. The, the, the first one kind of zigs and zags a lot, right? Like, there's a lot of tension in the beginning with, with her sneaking into the Cabrini Green Project and the gangsters that are there or whatever, or potentially gangsters. She doesn't really know. She's always scared of, you know, these gangsters who might be violent towards her or whatever. So there is some horror element even before the supernatural part, like, gets in there, right? And then they do the whole thing where it's like, oh, like, the Candyman was just a, a guy, not a supernatural thing at all, we'll see. Right? Like, that whole fake out. There's, like, 45 minutes to, like, an hour yeah, of yeah, all yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, the first time. In the beginning. Movie, yeah. And, like, like they take their time setting it up, and, like, it's not so, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not so in your face. Like, yeah. that was... It, it was it was really good. Like they go a lot of different directions with it. In this one, he's like a straightforward Avenger, but in the first one, he comes and kills anyone who says his name five times. But he'll also just kill random ass people. Yeah, because he kills her friend in the in the room, right? Yeah, Bernadette. She, yeah, when she doesn't say it, right? He kills Bernadette, and I think he also hypnotizes her into doing shit, right? Because I think she does cut off the dog's head. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's him. I think she does that. Yeah, that's. I think that's the implication, that she somehow possesses her, yeah. Yeah, sometimes she's possessing her, and sometimes she's just herself, and he's just killing people in front of her. Yeah. Like you said, Jeff, there's like the seduction angle to it too, right? Because of the original Candyman story is that he was like tortured and lynched for sleeping with a white woman in like the 1800s or something. Yeah. He, he was like an educated black man who like painted portraits um, and he fell in love and impregnated this white woman, and then they chased him down and, like, sawed off his hand and, like, lynched him. Yeah, so, I mean, Derek, you're talking about a lot of the social commentary, but I feel like the 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 2021 version, it just flattens all that subtlety into, like, just this whatever sledgehammer of, like, social commentary, right? Mm-hmm. Candyman's not a good guy. He's an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much ambiguity in the first one, right? To, like, what he's doing. Like, like all you guys are mentioning, like, all the murders that he commits, just whoever is around, whoever says his name, whoever doesn't say his name. He steals the baby, Anthony, the protagonist of the second movie. He steals yeah. him from his mom and, like, keeps him alive in the sewers for, or, like, the project for, like, a month or something. I don't know, really know what's going on with that. But, like, he steals him away for, like, a long time, but doesn't kill him, and then he... Like, he makes a deal with Helen to keep the baby alive and then goes back on it. Like, he's a dickhead. Yeah. He's not, like, a hero. He's an evil ghost. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And then there are lines in the 1992 one that, like, I'll never forget some of the lines in that. And then this one, I watched, like, a day ago, and I fucking don't remember anything. (laughs) Tony Todd doesn't really say anything in the second one. Yeah. He's not even in the second one. He's in, like, for five seconds. He's, like, in a shot at the very end. A CGI Tony Todd, like a de-aged Tony Todd, right? Yeah. Spoiler alert, but whatever. In in the first one, he does, like, these really creepy, like, 
seduction monologues, like some Dracula shit. It's great. Yeah, it's great. And then he's like, what else does he say? He's like, I'm the writing on the walls, the whispers in your classroom. Or like, Josh is fucking awesome. It's so cool. You know? He's got that deep voice of, come be my victim and shit. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Tony Todd's great. I wish he was more in this one. And not to mention the mythology in the second one doesn't make any sense. Like, every black person who's the victim of racial violence is suddenly Candyman now? Is that what that is? Like, Dude, who the fuck, who the fuck knows? Like, was Daniel Robitaille not enough? You got, like, Sherman Fields now, who was literally, like, a Candyman. He throws candy at people. Like, <laughs> yeah, right yeah, on the yeah, nose yeah. can yeah, you be yeah, yeah. with that shit? Like, you don't, you don't need that. Dude, the first one's also, like, just, like, a scarier movie, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. For me, like, neither one was, like, particularly scary, I guess, in the sense of, like... Yeah, it's not like the first one's, like, I'm shivering in my seat. Yeah, like, there's yeah. some better imagery. There's some that. good like, stuff in that. Yeah, I'll agree. The bee stuff is really nice. The bee kiss and the, them just lingering in his mouth. I was like, that's pretty badass. Yeah. So, fun story. Tony Todd wrote it into his contract for every time he was stung by a bee, he would be paid $1,000. That's awesome. He was stung 23 times. He got paid $23,000 for, for his pain and suffering. That's a lot of fucking stings, actually. <laughs> that is a lot. <laughs> I feel like if it's one, I'd be like, nice, $1,000. But at 23, I'm like, yo, $23,000 is not enough for that. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> I think it needed to be tiered, right? Yeah, it's got to be I escalating, s- right? Like After 20. <laughs> yeah, 1000 for the first five, like 5000 for the second five or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Like, for me, it'd be like, okay, if, if it's, like, on my hands, a thousand. Oh, if it's in right, my tongue, five thousand. Like, yeah, that, that does make I mean? sense. Like, uh, that's all I could think about when they were in his mouth. I was like, how many times do you think he got stung? Like, on the lips or on the tongue or on the cheek? It's just like, ugh. And I know this isn't the fault of the movie because, like, you know, the Cabrini-Green projects are, are gone. But, like, mm-hmm. the projects were such a big element of the original movie. It seemed like a a whole separate character. All that fucking graf- then, all that graffiti and shit. Yeah, <laughs> the graffiti climbing with the, the gaping walls. mouth, yeah, climbing out. That's it's like cool such as a, hell. It's cool. It's cool. But I, I did like the best they could to like portray it with like the long corridor of empty houses and I, I do appreciate that they still went into the houses and still had that feel. But I think you guys are right. Like some of the murals in the original one, like the idea of like going through that mirror, right? The one that's like open. I think all those ideas are, are a little bit lost in this new yeah. version. Yeah. I mean, this version just likes the characters so much. Right? Like, in, like, in the last one, in the 1992 one, like, the protagonists are kind of assholes, right? I mean, I guess Bernadette's all right, but Helen Lyles, I don't know, a horror movie protagonist. She, like, makes a mistake. She's, like, overconfident. I don't know, gets a supernatural curse. And then, like, her mm-hmm. husband's, like, a cheating dickhead, right? Yeah. George Mason from 24. <laughs> yeah, Xander yeah, Berkeley. Xander Berkeley, that's right. He's like, yeah, he's he's like a he's kind of a cheating dickhead in this, right? So like, I don't know, like it's okay to see them get killed. Like this movie just likes its main characters too much, I think. Yeah. Also, spoiler alert, the ending doesn't make any sense. It breaks its own rules, right? Because um Tiona Paris's character, she says Candyman five times, but she doesn't die. Right? Yeah. Like what what it is, comes to what like save her. Yeah, he shows up and like defends her or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and kills all the cops. Um, so I guess that's because like Burke reconfigured the yeah the the mythology, reversed the fucking Candyman polarity. 
I just thought it was, like, messy and not really well. It was just lame. That, that sucked. I can see why the first one people like, though. It has enough weird shit in it. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, is he hypnotizing her or possessing her? Or, oh, wait, he's actually his own thing? Or, like, just, like, is this bitch crazy? Like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? Like, it's 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 cool. He's, like, trying to seduce her, but then she becomes one of him in the end. He's not just an urban myth, he's also, like, Tinkerbell, where, like, if you believe in him, he becomes more powerful, right? Yeah, it's like the power of the myth, yeah. Because he says he has to, like, kill or whatever to, like, reestablish his legend. Like, there's a lot of really cool, weird fucking elements to that. Does it follow through on all of them? No, but there's enough ambiguity there to, like, fuel discussions around the movie, right? Like, you can talk about it endlessly. There's so many things to talk about. But here, what can you talk about? Like, oh, gentrification bad, ACAP, you know? Like, that's that's <laughs> pretty much it. Like, what else? Yeah. I don't want to shit on Jordan Peele and Nia DaCosta, but like, they're missing, like, all the elemental ambiguities of the first one where, like, make it so much fun to talk about and discuss. And I don't know. I think I think this is too caught up in, like, wanting to be of the moment of, like, the social yeah. commentary. Yeah, and, you know, and, so. and, like, Get Out is very on the nose, but it has yeah. so many other things that fucking work, it doesn't take away from it. Right, right. And it's on the nose and people still didn't get it. <laughs> it's about you, motherfucker. Like, if you're a white liberal, it's about you. <laughs> it's about you, yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> and then, and then uh, Us is just fucking weird. Like, Us is just a weirder movie, right? Now that you mention it, I don't think Jordan Peele is very subtle when he's talking about stuff like this, right? Because he's always explaining his message. In us, they're like, oh, we're America, you know? Like, you know, you could have left that in the subtext. You didn't have to bring that out into the text, but... To be fair, I feel like even if you hit people in the head with they still might not get they it. They still won't get it. Right, right, so, right. Yeah. That's why I gotta hit him in the head. I mean, I'll, g- I'll, g- I'll give him that one. But maybe this was an overcorrection, right? Maybe. I thought us's message was kind of muddled, even with the we are America shit. A little bit. I, a little I thought bit. it was sort of just muddy and didn't really make much sense, whereas, like, Get Out was very, very, like, clear and on point. Um, I just thought Us was, like, super weird and cool in that way, right? Like, there's a lot of weirder shit in that that, th- that, this, that this 2021 version could have used more of. Like, the cultist guy? Um, I forgot his name. Burke. Uh, Coleman Domingo's character. Yeah, Burke. That's a really cool element tying those movies together. Anthony being the baby from the first movie is a really cool element tying those movies together. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't all gel together. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I don't know if it would have played better for me if I had watched the first movie first. Because, like, I I felt nothing when they revealed, like, Anthony's mother, right? Like, I think if you had watched the first one, you'd be like, oh, shit, it's it's her. That was a a weird choice, man. I don't know why. (laughs) But, uh... You wanted to be the person to watch the movies the wrong way. <laughs> no, no, because like even before you told me like you should go watch Candyman, I wasn't going to, right? I was going to be the person that right, went right. into this oh, with okay. while watching okay, the fair, original. Fair, fair. So I was like, why do I have to change now? I mean, I appreciate that I did watch the first one. It, it feels in a lot of gaps, but like, you know, it was a different experience from you guys having not seen the first one, right? It, Absolutely. For better or worse. Because I, I marked <laughs> out when I saw his mom. I thought that was a great moment. I don't know if you liked that, Jeff. Did you like that? Yeah. No, I liked it. I liked it. Listen, it, it sounds like we hated this movie. I, hate is a very strong word. No, I think not at all. Definitely things that it did well. I think Nia DaCosta's choice to show restraint and like the gore in this mm-hmm. is really, really good. It's not like, oh, I wish I 
could have seen more gnarly kills. I mean, that's maybe a little bit of it, but she's very, very artful in framing the kills in this, which I think are great. Like, when the gallery owners, uh, they get killed, and Candyman's really like coming the... through. Yeah, with the projection screen, I thought that was great. I actually really like the, the death of the critic. Yes, me too. I love yeah, that. Yeah, the critic. That was the... excellent. Uh, from the outside of the building. Yeah, that was yeah, excellent. That, was that might be the best kill in the movie. Even the one in the bathroom, too. You don't see anything. You see, like, the blood flooding mm-hmm. downwards, and then, like, everything's through the mirror. And I will say they don't even have the guts to kill the Asian girl in this, because yeah. she's the first one to be like, fuck this, I'm out of here, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> there were some comedic bits that worked. The part where they're like, what kind of fucking idiot would do this shit, like, say this into the mirror? And just automatically cuts through these, like, five white, yeah. Uh, teenage <laughs> girls in the bathroom saying yeah. candy man i thought that was a great comedic bit so there, there are things yeah. that worked in this movie i liked them trashing i had dormitine's art to his face that was so catty yeah i mean i like the physical transformation of uh of uh, you know anthony becoming the candy man dude it's so gross yeah, yeah i love like it. The, I, the, I, lo- I love that yeah. beasting shit that's so good i couldn't believe that no one saw that like, yeah, right. like, falling apart in front of people's <laughs> eyes. So, so fucking gross. But, like, so what did they do? Yeah, they call him out on being gross. Like, if this is the real world, someone would have said something earlier about his condition. But, it, it, whatever. It's a movie. It serves its purpose. I love how it just kind of keeps creeping up his arm. And then, and, you know, the final review at the end, it's basically, like, half his body. And it, it almost kind of looks like a beehive, right? Like, the, the way the yeah. skin is, like. Yeah, I did. I did deteriorating. Like that. I thought it was a pretty cool visual. Actually. I like that a lot. It's not as cool as the open chest, but it's 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 it is really cool that he gets his little beasting at turns. That's like the vector through which Candyman infects him or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very Rosemary's Baby or something, right? Like they are using a lot of these horror movie elements. Yeah, that we recognize and that are cool. They just don't all come together, right? Because he's like the I don't know chosen child or whatever to embody Candyman or something. I, I don't know. I I just think. It muddles the mythology so much that it's, like, indecipherable, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's beyond, like, ambiguous. It just doesn't make any sense anymore. Like, where does Burke get the power to, like, reconfigure this this myth of Candyman, yeah. right? If you're turning Anthony into Candyman, like, how does that work? Because Candyman already exists, Right? Like, I, I, it doesn't make any sense. And, like, why do they all have hooks for arms? Shouldn't, like, each Candyman be different? If you're going through the logic of, like, oh, each victim of this horrific racial violence is, is Candyman, shouldn't, like, all these different versions look different? And why is it the, the Sherman Fields version the only one that haunts Anthony? Right? Yeah. Cause we learned that there's different versions. There's so many different versions. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just, doesn't yeah, really and it's weird because I also feel this like weird like they're ruining the continuity thing, and it's like, dude, it was, I only watched one movie and I saw it yesterday. Like, why do I care so much? <laughs> you know, like, 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 why do I care so much? Like, why does it feel like they ruined something that was cool? I think it's just because their version isn't that good. It's not that cool. Like, but I mean, you also got to remember from the original one, she also says it five times, and she isn't killed instantly, right? No, I don't think you have to be killed instantly, but I think you should eventually die. Yeah. That's the cop out, right? If Keanu Paris's character had eventually died, you'd be like, "Oh, okay, like it's a you know, yeah, sorcery is a fucking sword without an edge or whatever, right? Like you're summoning up something that's you know you can't really control." Yeah, and and maybe I don't know. Daniel Robitaille sees 
his old lover in Helen and wants to fold her into the myth, which is what he does in the end, right? That's yeah. that's kind of what happens, and like she becomes the new embodiment of this 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 mythology. I I don't know. I mean, that's something that you can say, but like you can't say anything like that about this new one. It just yeah doesn't add up, you know? Yeah, I I think all the performances were good. Uh, yeah, no one was bad absolutely. in this. I like the little relationship between Yaya Abdul-Mateen and Tiana Parrish's character. I thought they were a cute couple. I liked, well, I liked Tiana Parrish's brother and his boyfriend and like, yeah, yeah, Nathan yeah. Stewart, Jared, yeah. I liked, I liked everyone in this movie in terms of being like movie characters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the Coleman Domingo performance near the end kind of falls off for me and that when he becomes kind of that, it does. that manic, yeah. Only because that wasn't telegraphed anywhere, you know? Cause like, he seemed pretty normal, like explaining the the Candyman myth to Anthony, and then now all of a sudden he's fucking the Candyman Whisperer or some shit. I'm yeah, know, but he like lets loose and like yeah. There's no indication that there's anything really wrong with him until the end. Right? Just just everything about the third act is like so rushed too. Like mm-hmm. Brianna, mm-hmm. she finds the the pen that says laundromat, and like she goes to the laundromat to find Burke. What kind of Weird movie logic is that. If I go missing and I'm like fucking presumed dead and I leave behind a laundromat pen, I really hope my wife doesn't go to the fucking laundromat to fucking <laughs> try and find me, right? Like, that's not gonna be where I am. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me, I think. It's just nitpicking now, but. Well, I was gonna say, if you wanna see a good Coleman Domingo performance, go watch uh, Zola. He's amazing in Zola, so. He's good in that? Yeah. Yeah, he's really good in that. <laughs> I didn't see that. I liked the Twitter thread. I don't know. Yeah. It's a good movie. Go go watch that instead. No, <laughs> no. no I, I Honestly, I if out of everyone, I might have liked this one the most out of all of us. So, like, I, I don't think this is bad, but I don't disagree with what Jeff and, and Amir have been saying. Like, I, I think both me and Jeff before this were very excited about this movie. But in the end, I think it was a little bit of a disappointment, a little bit. Uh, left wanting more, so... More than a little bit for me, but... <laughs> when did you see the 92 Candy? Me? Or Jeff? Either of you. Well, we know when you saw it, Derek. Yeah. Two seconds ago. <laughs> but... I saw it years and years ago, and then I saw it, like, maybe a couple months ago, when it was on one of the streaming services. Like, oh, Candyman's now on uh, the streaming service, uh... I don't know whether it was HBO or like Shudder or something. I decided to watch it again. Um, and I've never watched any of the other sequels. You don't have to. Um, this new one skips all the other sequels. Oh, there's one that has a really cool title, Candyman Farewell to the Flesh, which is kind of a fucking cool-ass horror movie That's name. That's a cool name. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you don't have to bother with any of those. This is a direct follow-up to the to the first one. You know what? I'm glad to see Nia DaCosta get her bag because this movie is number one. Did 22 million first weekend. Really That's good crazy, box office. crazy numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than the Suicide Squad, so take that. I was about to say, shit. what does that say for Suicide Squad? Just bad? Like what? Dude, it's the say? HBO Max thing. It's definitely yeah. the HBO Max thing. Mm. I think it definitely affects it. But first black woman to ever have a number one movie. Yeah. In the first weekend, right? That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. insane to me. People are, like, celebrating that fact. I'm, I'm like, I don't think you should be proud of that fact. That's really fucking pretty bad. 
had. You should be proud of it, but you shouldn't. You should, be proud yeah, of it. you should yeah, be proud yeah, of it. Yeah. You shouldn't be. There should be a little shame in in that pride. Yeah, not not for Nia DaCosta, but for people reporting <laughs> the, the news. It's just like I didn't think that was a fact. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't, didn't think, think so either. That, yeah, Ava DuVernay. I was like, oh, she definitely had a number one with A Wrinkle in Time. That came out number two. It was the same week as Black Panther, so. No. Oh, <laughs> oh good luck. No way you're gonna beat that. <laughs> There's one little through line in this movie that I don't know, maybe you guys caught it and I didn't, but like there was this idea like her dad, or Tiana Paris's dad was also an artist that was like haunted and then like took her own life and then there's a point where her brother even mentions like, oh, you should go take a look at his paintings, the ones that he painted before. I was fully expecting us to be able to see those paintings and then to realize that maybe he was also painting like the Candyman people. Yeah, brought you know up, I mean? never mentioned again. That's it, right? They don't really bring that up again. I mean, I think that was just like filling in her backstory. I didn't think it was supposed to connect except thematically. Right? Like, like yeah, her dad yeah. doesn't also be fucking Candyman. Come on, Derek. Not everything has no, to be continuity. No, no, no. But it was not. <laughs> not everything has to be continuity, motherfucker. No, no, I, I totally agree with you. Like, I totally agree that they could have just had this, like, tragic backstory. It ties in superficially. But there is that line about her brother saying, like, you should go look at his stuff. Like, you know, like, it's a weird line to have in a movie. And to That's never true. Really, That's true. Like, I, I think the only thing they're trying to establish is that, like, her daddy issues attract her yeah. to like fucking weirdo artists. Like, Weird uh, artists, yeah, Anthony, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is totally fine. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, the fact that he looks like Yaya Abdul Mateen attracts her to this fucking guy. Like, let's be real. That's true <laughs> yeah. too. What a what yeah. a specimen of a man, right? That's, he's like, <laughs> dude, that dude is like, he's jacked. Yeah. Who's built like that? Jesus. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> Very fucking heavy brushes, bro. <laughs> is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up? Yeah, actually. So, did you guys know this is actually based on a Clive Barker story? Yeah. The Forbidden. Oh, The Forbidden. It's called yeah. The Forbidden. It's from, like, Books of Blood or whatever. So, I'm not a huge Clive Barker guy, but I guess he's obviously, like, this huge horror guy. He was a producer on the original. So, I guess if you're into that kind of stuff, you're more of a reader than a film or TV watcher, well, you're listening to the wrong podcast, but I guess go, <laughs> I guess go read that story because um, – Clive Barker's great. Yeah, it's probably very different from uh, the movie, though, right? From what I from what I yeah, read, yeah, yeah. Like, what I've what I've seen, it's very different from the movie. Like, first of all, he's white in the story, mm-hmm. and like it's in London, so it's just, it's got a completely different, uh, completely Feel different vibe. It. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I guess check maybe check that out. I don't know. Maybe I'll take a look at it. It's supposed to be only like a hundred pages long. So, so another thing where like I feel like Jordan Peele and Nia DaCosta, they knew about the subtext of the first movie, and they were just like, we don't want to do that, is that they named the gallery owner Clive, right? And then they fucking mm. kill him. Mm. So like, fuck Clive Barker, I guess. I don't <laughs> <Clive> know. Clive Barker. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's probably it's just a shout-out. It's just a shout-out. That's not like Kylo Ren saying, like, destroy the past or something. It's probably kill his mom. I don't, think they're like, <laughs> I don't think they're doing that. I think it's just a, you know, they're just, they're just giving the guy a little shout-out. A little rude, but... <laughs> Actually, one last thing I would like to mention just like a positive thing is like and it's something that i really enjoyed in the trailers and i, I actually didn't realize they're going to use it so much in the movie was those like shadowy cut out marionette things to kind of i did like those yeah it's cool it's cool i think they went a little overboard with it i didn't think it was be so prominent in the actual movie but yeah it's very artfully done i, I like it a lot 
I actually didn't mind it. I didn't mind. I, I, it was a little bit more than I was expecting, but I, I still didn't mind it. I like. Yeah, but but half of the movie is just the whole runtime is just people explaining things over and over again. Mm-hmm. I think they recap the first movie like at least two times, and then like, people explaining gentrification over and over again is just like. Well, I was gonna say I, I really didn't have to watch the first movie because I seriously got the first movie completely <laughs> from this movie. Yeah, like I was like, oh, okay, so. I mean, besides some of the cool visuals, I was like, oh, that the 2021 version really, like, just gives you the whole plot of the first movie. <laughs> Sorry, you're going to say something, Amir? That is kind of good. Like, it's annoying if you've just seen the 1992 version, or I guess if you saw them in reverse. I don't really know about that one, Derek. That's on you. But, like, <laughs> um, if you've just seen the 1992 version or you remember it really well, it's like, oh, this is retreading a lot. But if you're just walking to the movie not knowing what Candyman is, you kind of have to yeah, explain yeah. the myth. That's like, true. I don't know. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Even if you are just throwing all that shit out the window by the end. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true, too. Because the recap they do in the movie does not capture, like, what's so cool, cool about and weird about the first oh, one, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, the first one is a cool, weird movie. Like, it's pretty good. It's, it's worth a watch. Yeah. All right, well, I think if that is all, that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find you? You can find me on my blog at Strange Harbors, and... You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Strange Harbors. What about you guys? Uh, you can find me saying Candyman five times into the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to say the other one that I mentioned? At the uh, I think I'm good. <laughs> How about you, Derek? Uh, you can find me at The World's OKS Photos and Screen Agents Guild at Instagram. If you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe where you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah. Did we each say Candyman five times during this episode? We probably did, right? I wasn't looking at a mirror. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at my laptop screen. I can see my own face in there. Pretty reflective. Oh, okay, well, well <laughs> nice Jeff is not going to be here for next week's. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions about this movie, I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> Feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharpers.com. We like getting listener email. We like reading it on the pod sometimes. So feel free to shoot us that line. Again, you can send that to jeff at strangeharpers.com. And with that, we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.